church. Let's stand together and worship. Let's sing. I was buried by shame. Who could carry that kind away? It was my turn till I met to the person next to you say hello.
Father, we gather here this morning to express our love for you, Lord. We know that, God, uh, without a doubt, that you love us. Father, help us, uh, Father, to love you, uh, Lord, just, uh, just a small way in which you love us, Father. We pray, dear God, that you would help us not only to love you, uh, God, but help us to love others. God, and we pray today that you would wrap your loving arms of love and care around each person that's in this place today. We pray, dear God, that you would bless and watch over those that are, uh, that are worshiping with us online. Lord, dear, uh, Lord, be near to those in the cafe and out and uh, the children and the students. God, we just pray that you would honor us this day with your presence. I pray that we would open our hearts to receive the word today. Uh, God, as we worship you, we pray that you would bless Gay as she brings the message. And Lord, may we just be, uh, be open to all that you want for us today, God. And may we be the people that uh, God spread hope uh, throughout this community, Lord. There are so many that are hopeless, Lord, and we know, God, that you have given us hope. So help us, Lord, to be about your business of reaching those who don't know about you. Thank you for this day, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Well, good morning, everyone. It's chilly out there, isn't it? So do you remember who this is? You do? Who is it? Chris Becker. But what do you remember about her? Yes. Top of the list. Crazy. Crazy in the cold. Oh, running in the cold. Yes, crazy. Anybody else? Well, we are honored to announce that Chris is now on staff at Salem Fields Community Church. <laughs> We're delighted about that. And uh, she's an associate pastor. Uh, she's ordained and credentialed in the Nazarene Church, and uh, she has a little tagline that says, uh, Pastor of Multiplication and Innovation. Doesn't that sound fun? <laughs> so we're delighted to have her here. Uh, Buddy and I are, we've, well, I've known Chris a little bit longer, and, uh, you know, through this process, it's been incredible to see how God has worked. And so we welcome her, and I hope that you'll welcome her and learn to know her. She's going to be hanging around and just, just get to know Chris. And then we have one other kind of bittersweet, sad announcement, and that is that Trent and Dee uh, are leaving us. They're our youth pastors. They've been here for three and a half years. And uh, when they came, they were very honest with us. They were uh, fulfilling that responsibility as a youth pastor uh, out of uh, their desire to be here, but really they're called uh, to uh, a greater, I guess, purpose. I'm, I'm not sure, different maybe. And uh, they're, they're leaving in good fellowship, and uh, you know they, had, they were really good about warning us about a year ago that it, the time is coming, and so it's not a surprise for us. It is really bittersweet because we loved having them here. They did an incredible job with youth ministry. And uh, we've got a team in place. Of course, uh, Anthony is our middle school pastor. He's still here. And uh, we've got a team back there that's incredible, a team of volunteers. And during the interim, we're going to have them in place. And uh, we're going to be very aggressive about finding someone that can be uh, with that team back there. And so if you have any questions about that, just ask us. And uh, just let Trent and Dee know how much you appreciated them. Buddy, would you like to say anything? I Welcome, think... Chris. Gay said about all. <laughs> Thank you, Goodbye, buddy. Trent. <laughs> yeah. We said, we said out with the old and in with the new. That's just what, how we roll here at Salem Fields. Now, Chris is going to bring the announcements to you this morning. Great. Well, it's great to be here at Salem Fields, and I really look forward to an exciting adventure, exciting journey up ahead. And as far as multiplication, innovation, we're going to figure that out, try to do some new things check things out. But um, in the means of checking, um, if you have a phone with you, um, feel free to pull up some social media, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and check in. Check in here uh, that you're at Salem Fields. Let some friends know that you're ready to hear an awesome message as we're starting a new series today. Um, so make sure you do that. And if you're a first-time guest or a visitor, if this is your first time with us, we're really glad you're here. I'm new too, so learning the ropes here. Um, but we have a special gift for you. We have a table out um, 
outside right by the entrance that you need uh, you can stop by right after the service We'd love to greet you um, and give you a special gift for joining us today and then also uh, you there's a connection card inside of your your uh, program there that you received and um, this is our means of connecting with you so if you haven't had a chance to fill this out we invite you to do that during the service as well as any prayer requests and any needs that you have on the back or any ways that you would like to get connected and there's a couple things that are coming up in the life of the church and in the community and one of those is today at one o'clock we're gonna have a membership class right here at the church um, if you're wanting to explore what a, being a member means at Salem Fields or if you just want to learn more about the history and the vision and the mission of Salem Fields come on back at one o'clock we're going to be about an hour or so to get together to meet some folks and to explore what that would look like at the end of that class you'll have an opportunity too to become a member too but there are no, no strings attached just come and join us and then in less than two weeks we have night to shine that's going to be coming. This is the second annual, second time that we're hosting Night to Shine. If you're not familiar, this is Tim Tebow's foundation that sponsors this event for special needs individuals to come on out and have a, the night of their lives. It's a prom atmosphere. And we need your help for that. So uh, first off, we need your prayers to be praying for the many individuals. I think we're going to about, have about 140 people come and join us for that event, plus volunteers. It's going to be a great evening. So be praying for the people that are going to be coming and joining us and that things go smoothly. And then also we're in need of some corporate sponsorships. It costs about $120 or so to sponsor each person that they come for free, but we, we offset the cost for that. It costs $120 per person. But if you have a connection to a business, whether it's your own or you know someone, we can definitely use your help in offsetting that cost. Um, and, and to really pay for the event that we're pulling off here. It's a big thing. There's multiple churches around the world that are hosting this event um, throughout the month, and it's going to be a great time. We invite you to be a part of that. We're going to take our morning offering at the next song. We appreciate your faithful giving. You know, we're back to normal, kind of. We've been... Uh, uh, no, we over Christmas we moved services around. We didn't have some services, and then it snowed, and then we had winter retreat. And I got to tell you, all that just banged on our finances. And so, if you uh, are behind a little bit, today would be a great, great day for you to catch up, and uh, we'd appreciate that. Or maybe you say, you know what, I got a lot of money hanging around, and <laughs> I just want to put a little extra in today to help my church. Don't do it because I'm asking you to do it or you feel uh, under compulsion, but do it with a cheerful heart, and uh, God will bless uh, you and bless the church, and we'll continue to be able to do what God's called us to do. So thank you for that, and uh, you know that you can give a cash or check, or you can go online and give if you're worshiping online with us, and also you can give with a check or with a credit card, debit card, uh, however you give. Again, do it with a cheerful heart. Um, also, your giving statements from uh, last year are online now, and you can go to salemfields.com slash giving, and you can download your um, giving receipt from uh, March to December, and uh, uh, we change databases during that time, and so if you need uh, January and February, if you'll just email Howard at Salem Fields Community Church uh, or call the church office, we'll make sure you get that, okay? All right, okay? Okay.
satisfying life. You have everything you need. How would you respond to that? Now, it's easy to miss. And I'm going to tell you what it is. So you're going to have to lean in. Everybody lean in. Did you hear it? Oh, you're going to have to lean in further. That's how you hear. We're starting a new series today called Lean In, and it's based on the good news in James that says this little verse right here. It says, and when you draw close to God, he's going to draw close to you. Sounds pretty simple, doesn't it? But we've got a key verse that we're going to use for the next four weeks, and I've really liked it when people stood to read the Word of God. So let's stand together. This key verse is out of Hebrews. I'm going to start it for you. And then I need you to read this with gusto, okay? Because I'm going to drop out and you guys are going to carry this. Here we go. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart. Now, over the next four weeks, we're going to talk about, we're going to start today with let us draw near with a sincere heart. But I want you to notice something here. It says, let us draw near. That means that we make the first move, right? We have to, if we were playing a game of chess and I said, okay, you go first. That means in order to receive the promise, we have to make the first step. Okay, and today we're going to talk about the first part of that, a sincere heart. Thank you. You can be seated. So what is a sincere heart anyway? Well, sincerity is defined as this. It is um, a, it's, it's without deceit. It's the absence of pretense. It's the absence of hypocrisy. It's genuine. It's real. Uh, don't you long for that in your relationships? Uh, just, let's just get real. You know, one of the things we try to establish here at Salem Fields is when you come here, you can just be you. Just be real. Just be genuine. You can rip off church face. You don't have to put on that you pretend you're some kind of super Christian or whatever. Let's just be who we are. Isn't that what we want out of each other? <clears throat> to just be real. And God wants that from us as well. He loves a sincere heart. And we're going to look at what that really means when he says let us draw near which he's asking us to take the first step he says let us draw near with a sincere heart now i'm going to start with the toughest part of this promise first okay you're going to hang on here with me it's the very it's the toughest part of this i'm not going to cut any slack now wednesday when i began to prepare for this message i prepare i began to prepare on wednesdays and it never fails. When I have a message to prepare, I have to live what I'm going to be bringing to you. And on Wednesday, something happened that just broke my heart. It just broke my heart. And I sat down and I said, God, how am I going to prepare this message? 
And it was in the quietness that he said, Gay, a sincere heart begins as a broken heart. And so in those moments, I said, Lord, I'm going to lean into you, and I'm going to listen to what you have to say. And this is what he gave me that day. He said, it stinks. You may not like it, but you are never more real and genuine than when you're in those moments of a broken heart. Now, has anyone here ever had a broken heart? If you're not raising your hand, <laughs> you, you probably have never experienced a relationship or love. Because if we love, our heart's going to be broken. It just is. Uh, this morning, uh, there's a little girl sitting right over here, a teenager. And immediately, she had just had a breakup with her boyfriend. And so it was like, oh my, here, I, here we go. Because uh, it came right out of the gate with a broken heart. And there I was with this broken heart. And God began to speak to me about that. You see, the greatest desire for us in that moment is for the pain to just go away, right? We don't, we don't, it hurts. A broken heart hurts. Maybe you've had a wayward child, or maybe you had a dream that crashed, or maybe you had parents that divorced, or maybe whatever it was, you know, maybe it was a high school romance. I mean, that hurts just as bad as any other kind of broken heart. Whatever, when you experience that broken heart, it hurts. And we just want the pain to go away. And in that moment, we make probably the most significant decision of our lifetime. Because we decide in that moment, in our brokenness, what we're going to turn to. We determine the destiny that our life is going to take. Who are you going to turn to? What are you going to turn to? But here's the thing, in that moment of pain, we're never more in the right condition to be met and blessed by God. But so often, we miss it because we don't want to feel the pain. We don't want to feel the hurt. And so we'll turn to something that'll make it go away. What are some of those things that we turn to that try to make our pain go away? Alcohol's one. Food, that was probably in all services, that was right at the top of the list. Because we can all relate to that, right? We go to King Refrigerator or whatever, and we can eat some comfort food, and it feels real. Because what we're trying to do is, what's, what are some other things? Isolation. Isolation, just shut myself out from, don't let my, build some walls. Don't let anyone hurt me like that again. What, what's something else? Wrong Shopping. What was? Wrong going to the wrong places. Gone to the wrong place. Yeah, going to the, just being, because we're tempted in those moments to do something that will anesthetize our pain. And we can find all kinds of things. That's a moment of temptation when we're in our hurt that it's the Turkish delight that we say, I'll, I'll go there and it'll feel better. Maybe another relationship or shut down and say, oh, I'm not going to let that happen to me anymore. We do all kinds of things to turn. We, we turn to medication. We just want the pain to go away. But we are never more in one oneness with Jesus when our heart is broken. Jesus understood a broken heart. He looked out over Jerusalem, the city that he loved, the, the promised land that God had given to his chosen people. And he looked out over that city and he saw how far away the people had gotten from the promise that they'd been given. And his heart broke, not just for the city, but for those people individually. Jesus' heart broke when his friend Lazarus, they were really good friends, and he would spend time with with Lazarus, and you may know that story, and he didn't show up for a couple of days, and there was purpose in that, but when he did get there, the Bible says, Jesus wept. You know that moment, don't you? You've had a broken heart, and in that moment, if you didn't weep, you wanted to. It hurts. 
And, and what we do is we begin to choose our destiny by choosing who, what we're going to bond with, what we're going to be drawn to, what we're going to turn to. In that moment, we make that decision, and all of us have turned to some things to just make it better. You know, David, in the Old Testament, he was a man after God's own heart, and he kept breaking God's heart, and it broke his heart. But he would continually go back to the Lord, and he said, you know what, I'm going to make this brokenness of mine a sacrifice to God. I'm not going to sacrifice it to an idol. I'm going to make it a sacrifice to God. And so he chose to lean in in his brokenness. And he said this, he said, my sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. You, God, will not despise. God does not, he loves it when we come to him with that kind of heart. It says the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. The righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him, but can't deliver us if we're not leaning into him and drawing close to him. It says he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. He doesn't fix it. He doesn't take the pain away, but he allows us to sit there in the pain. And when we choose to draw near to God in those moments, this is where the healing begins. And too often we miss it because we're scurrying off to make that pain go away. But when we choose to, to draw into him, it stinks and it's painful and we don't like it. But it's the greatest opportunity to experience the heart of God like you have never experienced the heart of God before. And you know what he does? He comforts us, and he rides it out with us. And it's almost as if you can hear the heart of God with your ear against his chest. And those big arms of a father wrapping around you, protecting you, holding you, telling you, I know this stinks. I know this hurts. But I'm with you. Do you hear it? Lean in. Draw close to God. We miss these moments because we're scurrying to the next thing that will make it feel better. No solutions. No fixes just safety and security in the arms of your father. That's a sincere heart right there. Isn't that a beautiful moment? Remember this moment. A sincere heart is also pure. So I want to take you back to the ancient city of Corinth. This is in biblical times and there was a young man that bought a beautiful clay vessel, sort of like this. This looks like kind of a modern one, but I just want you to use your imagination. Back in Corinth, they were known for their fine pottery, their expensive pottery. And a young man bought a pot like this, and he poured hot water into it. And it began to leak, and it began to crumble, and the contents spilled out. You see... If we could strip the paint, that outer paint, what happened to this man, the pot that he bought, looked something like this. You see, in ancient days, deceitful merchants would take pottery, they'd take clay, and they, they, it, would, it would show the inferior quality, and they would put wax in those cracks, and they would then paint it beautifully on the outside to make it look like it was fine and to make it look like it was sincere, but in reality, it was a fake. Are you coming along with me here? They would put wax in there, so when you'd pour hot water in there, it would melt the wax. 
Now, the crafty shoppers, the smart shoppers, the ones that understood how to buy the fine pottery, would take that pot and they'd hold it up to the light and they'd hold it to heat. Because if they would hold it up to the light, they'd be able to see the cracks under that surface and they'd be able to melt the wax. They knew what to do. And, and Paul and Timothy, Paul would wrote to Timothy, and he re referred to the follower of Christ as a vessel, just like the, the pots were referred to as a vessel. And the practice of covering up poor workmanship with wax was common in Corinth in, in that day. So when Paul was writing to Timothy, he was referring to us as a vessel, and he was comparing it to that kind of pottery, and he was saying that we need to get that wax out of our heart that our heart has a tendency to build up with wax that takes away our genuineness, that creates that hypocrisy, that is deceitful. It's not real and it's not genuine. And he said there are things that build up in our heart or that we're in there in the first place, like jealousy, or always looking over there to say, oh, if I just had that, then I would be happy. Or if I just had uh, this, then I know that I would be okay. And we begin to pray and we say, God, would you just give me a better family? Would you give me a mate? Would you give me... And we look, we're always looking over there. And he says, no, get that out of your heart. I want you to live with a heart that's sincere and a heart that's filled with truth. And what that means is that you live in the moment and you look at where you're at. And he said the only way that we can get that wax out is to hold it up to the light. And in the Bible it talked about how God is the light and that if we hold our hearts up to the light of Jesus, that we can see those cracks. It takes a lot of courage to be able to do that. I, wanna, I don't want to bore you with, with words, but he, it really, this, I love this. The Greek word for this is eloquent, whatever. And it's translated, <laughs> I don't speak Greek. So it's translated sincerity, which means purity. Okay, now, our English word, sincere, is a really great translation of this original Greek because it comes from two Latin words. Now, stick with me here. This is really amazing to me. For the Latin words are sine, e, which means without, and sere, which means wax. So, sincere literally means without wax. Isn't that amazing? And Paul was writing and he was saying, our hearts tend to get filled with wax. And we need pure motives. We need to be genuine. We don't want to be mixed with deceit. We want to be unmixed. You know, even honey, if you look at the label, if it has any wax or beeswax in it at all, it's not pure. <coughs> pure honey comes completely without any wax. The wax will will put impurities in it. Now, an honest merchant in ancient court, when presenting a product to the buyer, might say, this is a sincere piece of pottery. Wouldn't that be wonderful if we were living in that? That we would draw near to God with this broken heart, that we're courageous enough to allow him to purify it. And when we hold it to the light of Jesus... And we, when we hold it up, Paul prayed for us that we'd be sincere, that we'd be pure and without offense till the day of Christ. You see, the vessel, the vessel is us, and our heart needs to be rid of the wax to be pure. Even the scripture says this. It says that our hearts will deceive us. You know, if we follow our feelings, we're going to go down a wrong path. We cannot trust our feelings. God gave us our feelings to be colorful and to give us to clues in life, but he did not give our feelings for us to follow on a path because clearly it says the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Well, God says, I can. And so... If you're courageous enough, if you'll allow me, I'm going to examine your heart. I'm going to hold it up to the light of Jesus, and I'm going to examine your mind. 
And if you're courageous enough to bring that to me, I will purify you. I will purify you. Can't do that on your own. Can't conjure it up. Can't just say, I hope that my mind is... No, it has to be in partnership with the Lord. And he promises that he'll do that. And we do it in two ways to, to find the purity. You expose the vessel to sunlight or you expose it to heat. You know what the heat is in our life, right? Problems. We pray those away too, don't we? Instead of saying, God, there's something in this that you're trying to show me. You're trying to show me some cracks. You're trying to show me that there's some wax in my heart. Bring it on, God, because I want to bring a sincere heart to you because I'm I've chosen to lean in and to draw near to you. And as I come to you with my sincere heart, you'll purify it. Takes a lot of courage to do that. It says in the Bible, in Romans, it says, God is the potter and we are the clay. Do we allow him to form us into a vessel for honor that will be useful for the master? Genuine, real, fine, pure. You see, it says in the Old Testament, it says the Lord God is a sun and a shield. And it says, every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. And so when we draw near to him, if we want to receive this promise that the king of the universe wants to be close to us, if we truly want to receive that promise, then we have to take the first move and come before him with a sincere heart in its brokenness. We allow him to purify it, a sincere heart is pure. A sincere heart also listens. Did you notice just a little while ago how you had to lean in? You began to hear something. You began to hear that heartbeat and your mind began to say, what is that? Last night, Buddy was sitting there and I saw him looking around and he said, I couldn't believe it. I thought a drum was just right in beat with what you were talking about. <laughs> And then you lean in and you get it. But you had to take a little time. And you had to allow your mind to process that. I've worked with a lot of relationships over the years. Now I've had personal relationships that have been a huge challenge in my life. And I've worked with people professionally as a, as a professional counselor. So I, I've worked with relationships a long time. And here's what I know. It all boils down to this. Everything rises and falls on communication. Everything. And one of the skills of communication that we're pretty incompetent with is listening. I mean, truly listening. Anybody in marriages ever have a problem with that? <laughs> well, there was this woman, she went to her doctor and she said, Doc, I think my husband's losing his hearing. And so the doctor says, well, when you go home, if he works out in the garage, she told him he did, and, and uh, if he works out there, you stand in the doorway and you say, about 15 feet away, and when his back is turned to you, just say, honey, I need you in here. And so he said, just move closer if he doesn't respond, If move closer if he doesn't respond. So she said, that sounds like a great idea. Went home, he was out in the garage, his back was turned to her, and she was standing there in the doorway about 15 feet away, and she said, honey, I need you in here. Well, no response. So she moves a little closer, and she said, honey, I need you in here. No response. So she moves a little closer. She's saying, he can't hear. So she moves a little closer, and she says, honey, I need you in here. And he turns around and says, I've told you three times I'll be there in a minute. <laughs> you see, sometimes we're pointing the finger at another person when in reality, maybe I'm not hearing Maybe I'm the one that needs to sharpen my skills of listening better, of drawing in, of really tuning in and tuning other things out. You see, drawing near to God with a sincere heart means that we're leaning in. Now, this doesn't come naturally to us in a technological age where all of us have our own device. There's actually, in psychological terms, some terms that... Uh, talk about the lack of attention that we have. And uh, 
we have to work really hard, and we can, and we can develop this skill, no excuses, if we'll really tune in and we'll slow down and we'll draw near to God with a sincere heart. We can do that. You have everything that it takes for you to live a rich and satisfying life. doesn't cost you one penny to tune in to the heart of God. You see, here's what I know. Sometimes God speaks in the most unusual ways. But I know this. God will speak to a listening heart. He will. And nobody can do that for you but you. Well, God also, a sincere heart also, is a heart that responds. You know, a lot of times we come to a message like this and we think, oh, the answer for my life is in that next article I read or it's in that next sermon I hear or it's in that next thing that I, and I pray for wisdom and I want God to, if I just had wisdom, then I would have a better life. And we're always looking out there for something that will improve our life or that will make it better or just give us that answer. You know, Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz, has, is anyone here, have you not seen the Wizard of Oz? All three services, everybody. Anyone online? Never? <laughs> Every now and then you find one person who's not seen the Wizard of Oz. Wow, everybody look at Tim. That's, that's pretty amazing. We got to... Okay, I'll lean out of that one. <laughs> but, but this is the mistake that Dorothy made, if you remember, in The Wizard of Oz. Do you remember when she sang that song over the rainbow and it was just all dreamy and she was just dreaming of what was over the rainbow? I want you to kind of be Dorothy for a moment and just kind of get lost in dreaming about what's out there. When all the clouds darken up the skyway, there's a rainbow highway to be found, leading from your and all pain, just a step beyond the
you get it? Dorothy was just dreaming. If I could just go out there. If I could just go out there. If I could just, if I could fly, if I could, if bluebirds can fly, why can't I? I want that. I want that. And you see, Dorothy missed it. Because right there in Kansas, she had everything that she ever wanted or needed. She had companions. She had people that loved her. She had a home. And she missed it because she was always looking out there. She was always saying, that's, that's what I know will bring me fulfillment. That's where I know a rich and satisfying life is. And one of the biggest mistakes we make as humans is spending our time praying for things that we don't have. I was listening to a, a radio talk show the other day, and this lady called in, and she said, you know, I just started a business, and, and it's doing really well, but, you know, I worry about the next step I need to make, and I worry about how this is going to be in the future. And, and the man just stopped her, and he said, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're worrying about things out there. Why don't you just thank God for what he's doing in your life? Instead of, you see, when you're always looking out there, it brings worry, it brings anxiety, it's fear of the future. Instead of looking right where you're at. Because God has given you and I everything that we need right here, right now, right within you to live a rich and satisfying life. And we miss it because our focus is so many other places. It says, my God will meet all of your need according to his glory. He'll meet all of our needs right now, whatever you have. There's so much that you have that you, you're not even uh, being aware of. And we need to take that time and not be like, it, not be like Dorothy and, and, and look and miss it. Now, you might say, well, I've blown it. I've drawn into all the wrong things. I've developed some addictions. I have people in my life that probably aren't healthy. For, I just, you know, I've gone down a path that, that really, I, I don't It is never too late to draw into God, to lean into God. You know, Glenda the Good Witch told Dorothy, she said, you know, you had enough power in those shoes to go home in the very first day. She missed it. But then the scarecrow piped in, and he said, yeah, Dorothy, but if you weren't here, I wouldn't have this brain. And the tin man said, I wouldn't have this lovely heart. And the lion said, no one in the forest would speak one good word for, about me if I didn't have this courage. And so you see, God takes things that we've blown, and when we commit, when we respond, to him right here, right now, and draw back in and get it in perspective that he's given me everything I need and everything I have is enough to live a rich and satisfying life today. If I will first lean into him, if I will draw into him with a sincere heart, a heart that listens, a heart that responds, it does us no good to come here. You know, people say, well, that was a good message, Gay, but I say, who cares if you don't take something from this and apply it to your life? It will mean nothing. The Bible is very clear on that. It says, blessed are those who hear the word and obey it. That next time that you're tempted to go scurry and make the pain go away, be reminded in that moment you can lean in. You can sit in that pain. You can hear the heartbeat of God. You can respond. That's responding. That's responding. It says don't merely listen to the word. That'll deceive you. Do what it says. Take the first step. Let us draw near to God. Bring him our sincere heart with all the cracks and all the wax. Allow him to purify it and sit in that moment and hear the heartbeat of God. 
It says, then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. Do you get it? Now he's drawing near to you. The king of the universe wants to be close to us. And when we draw near to him with that sincere heart, he listens to us. And remember that question I asked you at the very beginning, how would you respond if I told you that you have everything that you need? He answers that right here, call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. Is that awesome? Don't miss it. He has some things that he wants you to know if you will lean in and draw to him in a sincere heart. That's good news. I can think of not a better song to close with than this one. Let's stand together and let's respond. Let's listen. Let's just simply be obedient to the Lord.
when temptation comes, recognize that this week, okay? That's how we can respond. Recognize when some things could, could be good things come to tempt to take you away from that moment that God wants to speak to you. Lean in. Wherever you are, wherever you are, you can do it anywhere. It only takes 10 seconds. Lean in. Put your ear towards his heart and listen. And he'll tell you some things, unsearchable things that he just wants you to know. Write it down. Respond. Practice this. Begin to make it part of your life. Listen for the heart of God. And he will turn us into fine pottery, a fine vessel useful for the master. Isn't that good news? Draw near to him with a sincere heart. Father, we give you all the glory for everything that has happened here. Father, thank you for working in my heart. God, you didn't take, you didn't give me fixes or solutions, but God, you have ridden this out with me. You've comforted me. I've heard your heart, God. I'm encouraged, even in spite that things really haven't changed a whole lot. And so, Father, help each one of us to be very mindful of what we already have. We probably all got out of a bed, a warm bed this morning. We probably turned on some pure water that we were able to drink. We probably had some clothes to put on this morning, Lord. We've, we have so much and we miss it. And so, Father, help us to come before you with a grateful heart. Father, thank you so much for the spirit that has been here this morning, for the spirit that's been here throughout the weekend. God, it is only through your Holy Spirit that we can move closer to you. So we give you all the praise and we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you all so much for being so in tune. Love you guys. See you next time.